welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first time listening, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I am so happy to have you guys listening each and every episode, and thank you so much to those of you who continue to DM me each and every episode to give me your feedback and share your thoughts. I really appreciate that more than you guys know. If you have been missing out on Single Dad September, you definitely want to catch up. Last week, I got a chance to talk with one of my old classmates about his journey as a single dad and being in the military and how hard you know that can be and talking about how uh, the distance impacted the relationship with his child's mother so that was very interesting to hear you guys definitely want to check that out and before him we had Willie who is a single dad that is co-parenting and he's in college so he talks about that journey and then we had Tyrese to start us off and he has a 50-50 co-parenting relationship so those are the three episodes that we have been through so far so if again you have not checked those out definitely go ahead and do so and today I have the pleasure of sitting down to chat with Maurice, who is a single dad via divorce. So this one was very interesting because we don't really hear about this that often. You know, most of the times you hear about the moms divorcing and getting the kids, not the dad. So I'm sure that this is going to be very interesting for you guys. So stay tuned. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to take a moment to ask you guys for a small favor. Can you please take out a moment, it won't even take you five minutes, to complete a short survey that I have um, included the link for in the show notes. I would greatly appreciate it and thank you guys in advance. Now let's hop right on into this episode. Hi, Maurice. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. So excited to have you on to talk about your journey today. How are you? I'm doing good, Kim. I'm doing really good. Awesome. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your story? So I am a single father. I'm 32. Uh, I'm in the military. Um, I was married for seven and a half years. I got three kids from that marriage and through our divorce, I ended up with physical custody of my kids, so my kids actually stay with me. So it's pretty much the reverse deal of what most single mothers get. So the kids are with me, and then they go to their mother's house every other weekend, and they spend the summers there. Interesting. So, Maurice, how has that been for you? Has it been, like, a hard time transitioning from, like, a married father or dad to a single dad? And what are some of the challenges that you faced along the way? So most definitely it has been a challenge. Um, knowing that I don't have all the extra, the extra hands in the house to do things. So for their hair, I went on YouTube and I watched videos on how to do their hair. Like, <laughs> so like they have different 
So like we do fish sprays, ballerina um, buns, we do all different kinds of things because I can't have them go to school and look crazy, you know, because someone's going to talk about them because kids are mean. Um, also, just cooking wise, just like time management. Usually, um, I will cook on Sundays and Wednesdays. It was hard to figure that out to like meal prep um, just for us throughout the week to do that. But it also went in a part with my um, fitness as well. Uh, what else has been hard? And then just like they're different emotions and stuff because they are older. And when my parents were divorced, I was about 16, but them being eight, six, and three. Um, it's a different dynamic because they don't understand. They ask questions and they can see what's going on around them. So they're not they're not they're not dumb. So they are very in tune with their feelings. So like they express their feelings a lot. So that was something that we never had to deal with before was knowing all their feelings and how my actions and what they see and what they see from her affects them. So just being understanding of that and especially with girls. So now like they can be very emotional at times. Yeah, so how do you address those feelings, Maurice? Um, do you like sit down and have those hard conversations with them? Have, mm-hmm. you know, you guys went to family therapy? Kind of talk about some of the ways that you cope. So for us, um, we have I pretty much have an open door policy with them. Um, they're never our understanding just for me and them is you'll never get in trouble as long as you tell me the truth and you're honest with your feelings. If you have something on your heart, um, give me a second to react to it and try to figure out something and we'll sit down and we'll talk and we'll talk about it. But I never let them go a night without an answer for the most part. Okay. So like, well, yeah, so we'll sit down and then also at the schools, which is really cool. Um, at their school, they have actually um, focus groups. So they have groups where other kids that um, their parents have either been deployed or their parents might be divorced. The kids actually sit in a circle and they talk about their feelings too to other kids. Oh, so, like, they don't that's so them. good. I never knew something yes. like that existed. Yeah. So that's really cool. And they come home and they tell me about their friends' stories and the different things that they struggle with. And then they all give each other hugs and they cry together. It's but at least they're, they're talking to someone because not all the time they might not feel comfortable telling me, um, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about it. Because um, I found that my eight-year-old and the six-year-old, they want to always see me happy. So they think if they tell me some sad things, it's going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to cry and I'm going to feel sad. So they always want to protect me. Yeah. And you, you know, you just have to make sure that you let them know that it's okay for them to be yes, sad. Exactly. Let's go back a little bit. You know, when you actually um, found out that your wife was pregnant initially, you guys were not married, right? No, no, we were not married at the time. Okay, so how did you actually feel? Because everyone wants to know, like, how was that moment for you? I mean, were you in a space where you were just like, okay, this is what it is? You guys had talked about um you know pregnancy prior to having like unprotected sex or did you guys even Mm -hmm. have that conversation beforehand we talked we talked briefly about it and it was it was pretty much to a point where we weren't trying but we weren't we weren't doing anything to prevent it from happening Mm -hmm. so when it happened it really was it really wasn't a surprise it was bound to happen possibly and so then it happened and for me like I can't say I was very, I was calm about it. I wasn't too excited and I wasn't sad about it. I just knew things were going to change. Okay. So, you yeah. know, I, I feel like now and well, we're in a time where 
people don't really communicate like they should and no, I too um you know and I talked to uh, one of the other dads about this but you know when I was having sex with my child's father we never had a conversation mm-hmm. about like what are we going to do if I end up pregnant because we're not mm-hmm. doing anything to prevent it from happening you know we never had that conversation mm-hmm. and so yeah. I think you know now that we have the knowledge it's like super important that you mm-hmm. know you have those type of conversations um if you're out there doing that, <laughs> you know doing that and you're yes. not protecting exactly it. yeah exactly so, let's see I, I do have some listener questions as i told you before we actually mm-hmm. um got on here so one of the questions that one of the listeners submitted was is there a difference in the way you interact with your daughters versus your son? Because you have two daughters and a son, or is it like vice versa? I have two daughters and a son. Okay. So is there any like type of different interaction that you have with, you know, from the girls that you have with the boy? Um, I would say, I would, yeah, to be honest, I would say yes. Um, I treat them all the same. There's like a baseline, but there's just different things that I do with my son that I don't do with the girls. And there's things that I do with the girls that I don't do with the son. Pretty much my oldest, she is a tomboy now. Um, she's 15 and 0 in tournament play as is for karate. The other one, she does karate too as well. But my son, he's not old enough to do those things yet. So me and him decided to wrestle. We play sports and I play with his toys. Um, he does stay up a little bit later than the girls um just because he won't go to sleep unless i go to sleep so uh-huh. but if I find, I found out so i found out if i try to put him to bed i'm not getting up yeah so you I have some the same like i used to try to do that with my daughter and when mm-hmm. i would try to put her to bed i would end up falling asleep myself <laughs> exactly so, so like i know the, the standing rule is Yes, so the standing rule for him is pretty much he's going to go to bed. When he's going to go to bed, he wakes up perfectly fine in the morning. And maybe it's not the right way, but I'm still able to complete what I need to do. And he'll just go to sleep on the couch and then I'll move him to his bed. (laughs) Yeah, like whatever works for you, I feel. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like, Maurice, that you actually take the time to get things done when the kids go to bed. How often do you actually clean up after them? Is it like every night, like once they go to bed? I try to in the morning or if not at night, just to pick up little, I try to pick up a little bit as I go at night. And then in the morning, I'll try to do a quick like 20 minute scrub because it's just bad walking back into a dirty house in the morning yeah. or, or looking like after work. But you you kind of have like um, older kids too. So do you have them mm-hmm. to do any chores or cleaning up after themselves as well? Or do you kind of just oh, we try-, try to handle it? Oh, we try. Um, actually, my middle, she she will fold and she will clean. Uh, the eight-year-old, she sort of just sits in the room and acts like she's clean, but I know my <laughs> six-year-old does all the work. Um, that it's, it's common knowledge in the house that the eight-year-old is not doing nothing. Um, so when it comes time to get like different kind of rewards and different things, it's like, hey, you could have got this if you would have did. Just, hey, major, you better put the toys up. But I know your sister did it because you tricked her into it. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. hilarious. My daughter, she is yeah. she's five and she like sometimes she will whine so much when I ask her to go clean. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with those kids and cleaning. Like I don't even know. Yeah. 
And, that, and like the oldest, she's pretty smart. She's like, so what's in it? For me, it's like the gratification of being in the clean room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what is like the most important thing that you believe in teaching your daughters and your son about themselves? That you are strong and that no matter what happens, you are going to be okay as long as you believe in yourself. Mm, that's really good. So you teach your daughters and your sons that. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so because I'm not because I'm not always going to be there to protect them. So you need to know that no matter what anybody says, uh, no matter what anybody says to you, or they say something hurtful or something just really bad happens, take a deep breath, tell yourself you're okay, you know who you are, and then adjust from there. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. Um, I feel like my daughter is like super sensitive. I don't know if your mm-hmm. daughters are like that. But my middle, my, my middle, my middle is. She's always coming home telling me things like, "Well, they said I'm little," or "They said this," and I'm just yeah. like, I just want her to be more confident. So I've been working on yeah. like getting her confidence skills up. Okay, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, we cannot be doing this. Yes. Yeah, my middle, like, leaving in the morning, uh, she'll walk outside and say, for instance, the sky the sky is blue, right? She will break down crying. And, like, what's wrong with you? The sky is blue. Like, it should be purple. Like, I can't fix that, baby. But, like, we're, going to, we're having a meltdown because the sky is not purple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody okay. wants to know about dating, like I said. And so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, single dad of three children, like how are you navigating that? Are you even dating? What does that look like for you? Um, do you prefer it, to date like another like single parent, like a single mom? Or, you know, just tell me what that looks like for you. Uh, it really depends. I've dated um, single moms. I've dated um, ones without kids, um, girls without kids too as well. Um, it's really it was it's easier it's easy sometimes like say for instance if uh, my kids go to their mom's house um because i learned just paying for a babysitter going out that can get really expensive um and then just also not bringing um people around the kids too as well because sooner or later if you're dating somebody you're going to have to introduce them so is that time like it really worth it to bring them around the kids because kids do get attached so no, so like with that being said, like dating wise, it's um, it's, it's really different out here. Um, because you really do have to not only it's not only if the person's attractive, um, what are their intentions? Do they just like is it just like a one night thing, or they're trying to like actually get to know you? Are they there for just a free meal and free drinks? And they just have to really consider the character of a person. Do I really want this person around my kids? And so that's pretty much where I'm at now. Um, that's pretty much my first question in my head, regardless of how attractive you are, do I really want you around my kids? And then from there, we can, we can go from there. But yes, I have these apps um, because due to the nature of my job, I'm not really, I go to work, I go to the gym, I'm with the kids. And for the most part, having interactions with different females, that's pretty much not going to happen at my job or at the company. At the, grocery store or walmart <laughs> right so i yeah. totally get it um, so um has it always been like that maurice um have you always had those intentions when you 
started dating or got back on the scene and how long if you don't mind me asking did it take you to actually Mm -hmm. start back dating um so I was I've been divorced for a year and I would say uh maybe about three weeks or so after the divorce was officially final because I didn't do anything until after everything was finalized um even through the separation phase um just especially because the military um, you are married until you're not married. Um, they don't play with that. Like, you will get in trouble for that. So about three weeks afterwards, my coworkers were like, hey, man, you need to get out there and just go on a couple of dates. I'm like, hey, I don't know how to meet anybody. So, like, they put me on um, Tinder, I think it was. And they explained how everything works, and then we went from there. Oh, wow. So do you think that that was really healthy for you at that point, too? Because some people would say that that's soon, you know, three weeks after divorce. Mm-hmm. But I guess it just depends on how the divorce had been going and all the other yeah. issues. But um, yeah. how do you feel? Do you think, like, looking back, you know, um, do you think um, that it was too soon to get back out there? Or did it even matter to you? Um, It didn't. It might have been too soon. But, like, when is the right time? Like, when, when are you actually ready? Because the first phase, um, you talk to somebody, you're probably going to look for, honestly, what the last person that you were with um, was and a lot of the characteristics. And then you're like, hey, I don't want that. That's a red flag. And the uh, issue is that um, we, we tend to ignore flags, whether it's a blue flag, yellow flag, red flag. It's still a flag. And you need to acknowledge that. And then it's something that, hey, are you willing to accept it or not? I would say a lot of people are afraid to be alone. So they will accept those flags and they will deal with it. But it's eventually going to be a problem in the end. And for me, the it's really scary, I guess. It could be intimidating for some females because I am at a point where I'm not afraid to be alone. And it's more so like, really, what do you offer and what do you, what can you bring to the table to enhance me? Like, I, ha- I own a house. I have my kids. I have a steady job. I have all these different things. So what do you bring to, like, wh- like what do you bring to the table, like, in this relationship? And, like, it's not, it shouldn't just be your body. Like, I need something else. Yes, I totally agree. So do you think it's harder? Well, I don't know, because I feel like you've been in the game for a minute. But do you find it hard to date with kids? I mean... Oh, yes, totally. Because I experienced the same things that most single moms want to experience. Like, if depending where you're at, maybe you don't have family. I don't have family here. So if I want to go on a date, I have to find... I got to find a babysitter because like, I just can't bring you on a first date around my kids. I don't know when that's going to happen. So just trying to schedule that and work around that. And most people like after the age of 25, they have kids too. And so you're trying to work out with their schedule too as well. So it makes it really difficult that I have the kids because most instances, a lot of single moms date guys that don't have their kids or so they can pretty much take call them when they're available and the guy's going to be at their beck and call to show up for the date. But now it's two people really working with two chaotic schedules and around the kids because kids, the kids might get sick or something on that night. So you're like, hey, I can't, I can't make this date. Now we got to reschedule and try to figure something out two, three weeks later. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest thing, especially getting people to understand that 
that mm-hmm. is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. if they don't have any kids. Now, if they have yeah. kids and they work and they kind of do similar things, then they understand. But if they don't mm-hmm. have kids, especially like I'm 27, so like guys yeah. my age are really still out here like living life. Like they ain't trying to do yeah. nothing to have sex for the most part. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like really hard, you know? Yes. Yes, because the most thing you can, I think, for like you can really give to somebody is your time, especially because like now you're taking the time away from you. You're taking the time away from your kids. I'm taking the time to get to know you and invest in you. When I ask you, when I send you a text good morning or ask you how your day was, I genuinely really want to know how your day was because that should like what we should both actually want to know that because like I want to know how you feel. So then I know how to approach you and just we can have a better day together. So then do you think that like the people who do not have kids that they don't really want to invest their time? Um, I don't know what it is because I remember um, this one guy, he was asking me like, well, you know, how often would you want to see someone that you were Mm -hmm. interested in? Or even like, I don't even know if people are really like still trying to get to take the time to know you like if that makes sense like I don't know I just feel like we're living in a time where people don't even really take time to get to know the people that they're gonna lay down with you know yeah no I I totally agree with that um just due to the nature of technology a person can find the same person as you um looks everything the same model as you but if there's like one personality trait that they don't like about you they can swipe right or swipe left and they find the same exact person just with that different trait and they can keep moving that's i don't know like is that scary or what i don't know <laughs> no, that, oh no no that is that no that is total that that is really scary like that that's really scary out there so you just have to be aware of those things that um and just double piggyback in back on what that guy said about the time more so because he doesn't have a kid he's just i guess he was just really trying to figure out like how often how available are you going to be um so that way he could possibly plan on spending more time with you or seeing like hey like i'm really not going to be around her that much yeah i guess so Hmm. yeah because I, I was talking to um someone that I know and we, you know, we were talking and we have two different perspectives. Like, I think I was telling you earlier before the call that I'm mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> like old school in a sense that I really like to get to know people. And mm-hmm. she was like, people are not trying to do that anymore. And so mm-hmm. do you think that, I don't know, like if they are out here, they are probably like few and far in between or do you think that there are some people out here still like genuinely trying to get to know you beforehand I don't like what are your thoughts I I think it's both the cases like you'll find someone that's out there that's actually really trying to get to know you um and then there's other people that don't and they just want what's in between your legs but at the same time plain devil's advocate of the people that's trying to get to know you maybe they're trying to just get to know you but they but since you're making them wait they have something else on the side or something that they already have and that's the scary thing about technology today too because they can do that and do you think Marisa, that it's important to communicate like your expectations up front or do you think that yeah. you should at least wait till you guys meet or when is it the right time to like 
okay, like this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. So that you guys establish that from the beginning. And then, you know, if you're not willing to do something that the other person wants, like sex, you know, just say if that's the thing. Yeah. Then you just let them mm-hmm. know from the beginning and you guys move forward. Yeah. But then there's also like some guys who will say like they're okay with whatever you're doing, whether you're celibate, whether you want to wait or what. But then mm-hmm. you start talking to them and you find that they really are not okay with that. They just said that yeah. so that they could actually talk to you and, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say trick, but kind of manipulate you. You, you, you gave them a, you, you gave them a challenge. Yeah. You gave them a challenge. And like, so like, yes, they, they could say that they're waiting you just like I, like I touched on before. Yes, they're waiting for you, but like, well, that's not going on there. There's a possibility that something else is going on on the other side yeah totally which which is oh but yeah like like i I don't know when's the right time so maybe like if you're texting back and forth yeah you you could talk about like someone like your experiences like hey how's your day going or you just have like a real in-depth conversation but maybe like on the first date like shutting yourself off to the possibilities and just telling someone, Hey, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, I'm waiting this long or something before you actually even meet the person. Cause you never know what happens on the first date. You never know what happens on the second or third date. Um, you might feel differently, but putting that there at, that throws a roadblock, a big roadblock there. Now, if you're like really, if, uh, if you really are celibate, you can actually tell them that on the first date, Hey, uh, I'm celibate and I'm practicing this and I'm waiting for this to happen. And at least you're giving them the opportunity of, and they have to either accept it or not accept it but at least they'll let you know so you think that it's okay to put that up front because I had a who was it on the podcast she said that you don't have to tell them up front like she said I she was celibate I actually think it was um so it's Dr. Sophia she (laughs) Dr. Sophia is um she's practicing celibacy and she said that she doesn't feel like that's something you have to communicate up front. But if the conversation comes up and you tell them and then, you know, they're not willing to, you know, basically go with that, then you know mm-hmm. that they were not supposed to be there anyways. And exactly. I guess on another side of things, some people feel like, you know, they should let them know up front. Like, what's the point of, like, wasting time? So I don't yeah. know. Like, what do you... Like, I don't know. I, like, I believe because like, you're stringing the person along. And like most dates, I think because we touched on this earlier, like most dates, the guy is going to more, more than likely, he's going to usually pick up the meal, the first the first date and maybe the second date or the third date. So now this guy's invested time and money. I'm not saying that you owe him anything, but at least give them that honesty up front. The same thing for me to talk to a girl. Hey, my name is Maurice. Hey, I'm a single dad. I have three kids. Oh, my job schedule is hectic. Uh, I might not be able to text you all the time or do anything like that. But when I give you my time, I'm giving you my time. And so that's no different than you saying that, hey, I don't, I'm not intimate right now. Or so at least so you give them that option up front to make decisions. And a lot of people, we don't do that today. You don't give that person a decision to make you, you made the decision for them. So what happens when you guys have a good date and he comes home or you guys are watching TV together and he tries to do something. Now you have to tell him, Oh, I'm celibate. Now that's when potentially things could go wrong or he just accepts it. And then he leaves. Now you feel some kind of way and he feels some kind of way. Right. This is so true. But I think that, you're, cause, no, cause you're, 
No, I was just going to say, I think, though, that should definitely be communicated before you end up at somebody's house. Like, don't even set yourself up for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like, we have to be more accountable as women, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I don't know about the guys, but definitely, like, making it a point for us to communicate to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Because if he goes to the house, he should, he's going to try, or, 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 or even vice versa. Well, well seeing that the person is celibate, yeah, the guy's going to probably try. At least shoot his shot at the house to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. They probably listen like, wow, this is crazy. Like, you're crazy. No, but no, seriously, though, that's, um, you should really want to communicate up front, at least so you give the guy the option and the girl option. And that's just me coming from my situation of being divorced. Like, I always wanted to be honest with the person, no matter how hard it's going to be or if it's, or if it's going to hurt or if it's just really good. At least that way, I really do give you the option to make a choice. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. And do you think that so I, you have this? I'm sorry. Do you think that you have this like outlook because you are a single dad? Do you think you would have been different had you not had, you know, your kids? Um, I don't know. Do you definitely. have like any single friends? Like how how are they oh. feeling about you know this dating thing nowadays? Oh, it's um. My single friends, um, both men and women, so like uh, I have single girlfriends that go out on, not actually my girlfriend, but single friends that are girls, and they'll go out on dates just because, you know, on Monday, they want a free drink or something, they'll go out there and get drinks, or the guys, um, they know, hey, maybe two or three dates or so, um, if I'm looking for something, maybe I can get a quick hookup or something, there's no strings attached, and maybe the girl's looking for that too as well. So like a lot of them, like they're not ready to settle down. There's just so many options and things to do out here. And so like they might waste single mom's time. They might waste anybody's time because they're not really looking for anything at the moment. Yeah. And some guys don't actually communicate up front. They just like try to like talk to you until they get what they mm-hmm. want. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. you just really have to, I don't know. I feel like you have to have like a spirit of discernment. And if you don't have it, you need to try to pray mm-hmm. for it. If you believe in prayer and if you don't, yeah. you need to try to like, I don't know, do something to figure it out. Yeah. Ask the right questions. Like, um, it's all about communication, mm-hmm. like figure out where they're yeah. is, you know? And like what you said, um, my, I, I do believe my outlook is very different because the kids are here with me full time. I have a lot of different things that other people don't have to consider. Um, I guess they, what's that, they say now, like living your best life, like if I was single and didn't have the kids as much or just Listen. have the kids in the summer, like, <laughs> like, I would be, like I would be out every weekend. I have a bunch of single friends and stuff like that. We'd be out every weekend looking for something. That's like part of the honest truth right there. But I can't do that though because the kids are here. And so my focus is about what they see and being a good role model for them, because especially because I have an eight-year-old, six-year-old girl, um, dating, I think dating really starts really early now and things like that. So, like, I don't want them to see their dad out here doing all this crazy stuff, because then I'm just going to get it back tenfold when they leave the house. Yeah. And then I have to deal with that. that yeah, and the only person I would be able to blame is myself because they say, well, my, that's what my daddy did. Um, these are the characters of the women that my daddy brought around. So this is why I'm doing this. Okay, so I'm going to move on from today. I think we touched <laughs> on it a bit. So I want to talk a little yeah. bit about like communication between um, your child's mother and you. So since you guys have this um, joint custody, um, you talked about it a little bit about how they go from 
you know, your house to her house. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned you were in the military. So whenever you're gone yeah. there with her. So have you guys mm-hmm. ever had any like serious issues? I know you probably have. And how did you handle mm-hmm. those issues? Like how's communication? Um, how have you guys managed to maintain um, this relationship? I guess it would be sort of a co-parenting relationship yeah, that yes, you guys, yes, yeah, yeah. So that you guys have. Um, there is definitely room for improvement. A lot of room for improvement. Um, I would say that together we never really dealt with the after effects of our divorce and how everything ended. Um, so for me, the only really communication is, Hey, how are the kids are, or I want to talk to the kids. My kids have iPads so I can directly go straight to them. Um, while I was gone at times, um, I think a lot of dads go through this too. Like if they call their kid, um, it's usually like on the, the mom's phone or vice versa. So like they're holding the phone. So me and my kids have open communication. Um, but now when I'm trying to talk to them, like you're standing behind them and now they're afraid to talk or they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. So that was one rough barrier that we had to get through. Like, hey, like their iPads need to be on the Wi-Fi so they can go in their room and talk to me in private. And it's not necessarily anything bad. I just want them to have a safe space where they feel like they can be free to talk to me about whatever they want to talk. Um, as for me and her, like we're we've gotten a lot we've gotten a lot better. Um, we both um, we don't follow each other on social media, but my page is um, public, so she can see pictures of the kids. Um, and I do send pictures to her at times, and sometimes she sends pictures to me if they're doing something really cool. Uh, we make sure we are united usually at all the kids' um, karate tournaments or any of the school functions. We are there. Um, even on my child's birthday, like I actually attended the birthday dinner because my daughter wanted me to be there, and I swallowed my pride, and I was there with both of them, um, her and her husband. So it was, it's been different. But I'm putting forward the best foot because I want the kids to see that, hey, even though daddy and mommy are together, we can still get along and still be okay. Because for my parents, they're divorced, and there's no chance that my kids will ever be in the same room with my mom and dad. That's just never going to happen. And that's something that's like, uh, that's something that I think all kids want to see. Like, hey, like my kids are playing with like um, their grandparents at the same time, you know. Yeah. Okay. So at least hopefully, so hopefully in the future, maybe that's something that could happen. Maybe we're we're at the same place and the kids are playing together and everybody's just in a happy place. Cause I'm happy for her, like, and I'm pretty sure she's happy for me because everybody's happy. That's all that matters at the end of the day. So like, there shouldn't be any ill will. It should just really be about the kids. And in a lot of cases, just talking to my friends, that's not the case. Um, one person's happy or one person's miserable so they want the other person to be miserable and that like that's just no way to live not at all it's like a lot of wasted energy that goes into that yeah because it's like at the end of the day you know like you said you do what you can you swallow your pride for your kids because it's the best decision for them and i think that is what matters Now, um, do you guys, like, I don't know since you're divorced um, and you actually have the kids, and I don't know if this is asking too much, so just let me know. Oh, you're good. Um, (laughs) Like, did you guys have to do, like, um, child support where, like, since you have, I guess, uh, majority custody that she actually pays, or do you, like, how does that Yes, I get paid child. I get paid child support. 
Okay, so I just wanted to yeah. um, to make because normally if the if the woman got the keys and you know she would get child support, yeah. but since you have the keys, okay. Mm-hmm. So, that- so in the summers when they in the summers when they're with her, in the summer when they're with her, I would pay for like the month that they're with her or the three months when she's when they're with her, I would actually pay. Okay, okay. So and you guys never had any issues with that. It was just like cut and dry like we're this is what we're doing like nothing yes yeah it was pretty much cut and dry and actually the state of texas was going to charge her more but i actually like i know how much it takes to raise the kids and all three of them for the daycare sorry for the daycare so basically i we figured out a different number and we made that work okay well that was nice of you yeah yeah so I think if the uh, state of Texas is 30% of your paycheck, well, it's 20% of your paycheck, and then it's 5% for each kid. So she would have been paying 30% of her paycheck just for child support. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I yeah. never really knew how that worked. Yeah. So like, so unless you come to an agreement um, outside of the court, um, and ours is actually in our divorce decree, that's the number that we settled on. So, yeah. Okay. And I think I have one last question. So Mm -hmm. do you think that single black fathers have as much pressure on them as single black mothers? Or do you think that it's not as much? Uh, What do you mean by pressure? So you know how, um, hmm, how can I say this? So this is actually a listener question, but I'm going to explain it like I think she's asking. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like as a single black mom, we're kind of like stereotyped, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the times if, you know, someone finds out or they hear you say you're a single mom, they automatically think like you're not really working. You don't probably don't have an education. You're just on government assistance. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're like barely making it trying to provide for your kids because you don't have the help of the father I think that's the pressure that she's talking about and she'll have to correct me if I'm wrong but let's just go with that so you know those are all the things that you know we as I guess single black mothers um have to deal with and people look at us and automatically think that for some reason I don't know but yeah I could see that. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that there's a lot of pressure. For me as a single dad, though, I don't, it's more so like, it's more like, wow, you're actually doing that. Like, like people are more like supportive, us, right? Yeah, yes, yes, they are more, I would say they are more supportive and they genuinely want to help. Like, I've had people try to teach me how to coupon. <laughs> and just like, oh save money. like 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 all different kind of things oh my god you're a single dad hey these are all these things out here and stuff like just let me know i'll help you out like here's links to this, this these kind of programs all different kind of things so uh, i i for me like when people find out they are really supportive of, yeah. of it because i guess because it's not because no, it's not normal i think the number is 15 percent. there's only 15 percent of dads that actually have in the world the entire world that have physical custody of their kids yeah it's really interesting to me i don't know if you've ever like 
um talk to like another single dad um just in general not mm-hmm. just like a black or whatever but um yeah. i remember this one guy he started a podcast and he kind of fell off so i don't know whatever happened to him but he yeah. was talking about how he didn't really understand how you know guys would not take care of their kids and like be physically present oh. because he had actually um he filed for joint custody for his, mm-hmm. I don't know if he had a son or a daughter, I can't remember exactly, but he was like, even like if you don't try, like he, it still makes you look bad because you have as much right to the kid just like the mother does. So before, yeah. you know, you just go and accept the fact that she's trying to put you on child support and you're actually mm-hmm. like taking care of the child, like try, mm-hmm. at least do something to try. But a lot of guys talk about how expensive it is to go and try to get a lawyer and all that so they just don't even try oh it is yes it definitely and they may is. not have the um, money um and i don't know if you have any like tips for those guys out there who may you know want to physically be a part of their child's life but they can't afford mm-hmm. to um get custody and maybe they are having communication mm-hmm. issues with the mother mm-hmm. like what do you suggest to them um, so I look at my best friend from high school. Um, he had his daughter, his oldest daughter in high school with the female. Um, and I would say the reason why I am a good dad or I strive to be like him. So I watched him for years, literally for years, um, try to keep contact with, with his daughter. And the mom was really uncooperative because like I was saying, like, I don't know what her her portion in her life was but she really wanted him to be miserable he paid the child support and everything but he never really had the money to save up for a lawyer um so he just kept working and working and working and working and working at it finally he did save the money up to get a lawyer and you know he ended up with a lot more rights that he didn't have um before and like i can't say like it's it's really hard for, I guess, some guys, too, because it's more so out of sight, out of mind, depending on how far you live away from the kid or the circumstances. Um, and honestly, when I was gone for six months, I was really detached from my kids. Um, the first month, it was okay, and the communication was there. But there's only so much you can say to a seven-year-old and a six-year-old on FaceTime um, and not having that interaction because they're trying to do stuff at the same time in the house and you're taking time away from them from watching, was it Princess Sophia or any other kind of show on the Disney Channel? Like you're taking that time away from them and they don't understand that daddy is on the phone and he's trying to spend his time with you and they don't understand that. And so that can be hard and disheartening when you call your kid and you're just like, hi, dad. Okay, I'm trying to play. I'll talk to you later. Or you just sit there and don't say anything. So you become detached and it's a hard adjustment for both of you because I believe it's like about, that's another stat, it's like 90 days to forget somebody if you don't see them um, or you're not around them in their constant company or so. So that was really a big adjustment for me too when I came back was just be reintegrating with the kids because I do things differently. They're different than the last time I saw them. So for a lot of dads, um, once you get to that point, it's like it's it can be really rough on them. And like my only advice is to stick with it and keep trying to talk to them. If you need to buy the kids an iPad or some kind of device to talk to you, go ahead and invest that money to do that. 
Um, Because in the end, they're going to remember the time that you were trying to talk to them and communicate with them and be with them. Um, And when they get older, they will honestly appreciate that because they'll understand and know like, hey, maybe it didn't work out with you on mommy or maybe mom was trying to keep you involved. And for a lot of women, my advice too is out there, even if the guy does not want to have the contact, don't quit trying to allow and give them every opportunity that you can to be in that kid's life. Um, just because maybe he didn't pay child support, maybe, maybe you need to go to court and get that situated so like, like the money starts coming or something. Or, but you always want to give that person the opportunity to say, hey, like when I die, I know I've given my ex-wife every opportunity to be with the kids and do all the things that she wants to win during her time with the kids. Yes, totally. I totally agree. But, you know, Maurice, there are some dads out there who don't really act like they have a desire to be a part of those kids. Mm-hmm. And for those moms, yeah. you know, it's really tough for them. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know other than like to know that they've tried and that's all that they can do mm-hmm. um, to just, you know, yeah. continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, that's. That is true. Um, and that's something that really that the guy is really going to have to live with, um, knowing that later on in life, like, you got this kid out here probably doing wonderful, great things, and you didn't want nothing to do with them. Like, because I, can, I, I, can't, I can't imagine that, um, how I, it's like, I guess through, due to the circumstances of maybe how the kid was born or so, maybe the dad doesn't want nothing to do with them. But I just... Like, I feel for the moms out there that have to go through that because, you know, it it's probably wasn't your choice to get pregnant by the person or, like, it, that like that that would have to honestly be rough to, like, know that, hey, I'm really in this alone and this person wants nothing to do with the kid, period. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough. And I've had a lot of moms, um, you know, I have single mom chat with some mm-hmm. moms and they have voiced that that you know it's their reality yeah. you know so some of them mm-hmm. actually have to go through that and sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard for them because they think that you know they're bad moms or um something mm-hmm. is wrong with them because the child's father doesn't want to talk to the child but you know it's just a lot it's just a lot on them and so i try to just encourage them to continue moving forward and as long as they Mm -hmm. know that they've tried to do everything in their power to you know Mm -hmm. communicate with that child's father and make him aware that Mm -hmm. that's all they can do you know I I don't I feel like they shouldn't beat themselves up about it or you know think they're less of a mom because the dad doesn't want to be a part of the child's life you know Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day like you said um it took two of them to make a child and I'm sure like you know, they may not have wanted to get pregnant, but it's the reality and they it both happens. have to deal yes. with it. Yes. But you Definitely. also said one other thing that I wanted to bring up because this has actually happened um, to my daughter. And you said that whenever you were away, your um, one of your kids, or I don't know if it was both of your kids, um, you try to call mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, I'm busy playing with my toys or I'm busy playing yeah. with my iPad. And mm-hmm. like my daughter is the same way with her dad. Yeah. And so like, yeah. you know, I would try to talk to him about, you know, calling her more or just like trying mm-hmm. to be physically present to the point where I just gave up like talking about mm-hmm. it. 
And so now, I mean, he'll FaceTime her, but sometimes she wants to talk, sometimes she don't. So exactly. I'm just like, maybe if you made like more effort to do it more consistently versus like mm-hmm. maybe once a week, you know, mm-hmm. she would probably be much more likely to talk to you. But I think like he's doing a better job now. So she's getting to the point where mm-hmm. like sometimes she'll even ask and say, can I call my daddy or something like that? But like in the beginning, mm-hmm. it was really, um, I don't know, it was really tough for him, I guess, because you know, sometimes mm-hmm. she didn't want to talk. And I mean, I'm not going to yeah. make her like, oh, you have to talk to him because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, I don't know. And my grandma was like, well, you should make her talk to him. Like, that's her dad. I'm like, yeah, but he has to put in the effort to continue to call. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if yeah. I'm like wrong for doing that, but I'm just like, well, you know, she says that she's busy. So, like, she's mm-hmm. a kid. I'm not going to force her to, like, talk to him if she doesn't want to, you know? Yeah. So, like, what I did was, because, like, like I, I, I feel, like, I, I know exactly what he's going through. I can sort of empathize with that. I think that's the word. Um, so, when I came back and my kids came back over here, they were doing the same thing to their mother. So, what I did was I just pulled them to the side um, after their conversation. I was like, hey, like, you know, mommy doesn't get that much time to talk to you or to do these things so when she's doing that she's making the time to talk to you so just like if you can just like try to focus on that time because you're not going to get that time back and so you just like really do have to explain that to them and it's not like they can't call whenever so it's that like that's really hard but you just have to try to talk to the kid too and just let them understand like it's like they know the situation better and then they'll make a decision if they want to talk or not because there's like some days where my kids really just didn't want to talk and they have to be okay with that and then him as the dad they have to know that too as well yeah but it's like my daughter was so young to the point where I can't really explain that to her you know but like like I said now he's doing better and she's actually to the point now where she'll like ask to call him or whatever but like before, mm-hmm. um, it was just like you know, kind of rough. So yeah, I, I can totally understand that. And then like I can only imagine like if like the kids only like one and can't talk, so like you're just watching the baby just move around and you're not there and you're missing all those moments. Yeah, for sure. But I think like for a lot of younger dads, it's harder for them to actually like wake up and be responsible versus like. Mm-hmm you know older dads who understand that oh you know now I got a child now I have a responsibility let me get my crap together Mm -hmm. versus like Mm -hmm. you know a lot of younger dads are like still living their best lives they're not really worried about the kids Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like Mm -hmm. I don't know I guess a light bulb goes off and they realize like hey you know I need to get my crap together so I don't I don't know some people say it's not an age thing but I see it much more common in like the younger 20s than I do the latter mm-hmm. things. But then, you know, you you have those very few that are in their 30s and not doing what they're supposed to do. So I I mm-hmm. guess it's more much of a maturity thing versus the age. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that it's much more common with, like, younger people. I don't know. That's just my thought, so would you, so don't come for me. <laughs> so would you – would it be fair to say it's more so possibly life experiences? So the oh, way how they yeah. were raised – so like the way how they were raised um, could be different. Um, maybe they didn't have their dad in the life for just other circumstances, or maybe something happened 
pursue them. Maybe they were married or maybe they weren't married or something something happened. Maybe somebody hurt them. So like that's their only outlet to go out there and run through girls or do all different kinds of things like that. And so maybe it's just the different life experiences that cause them to behave that way. And maybe it might take something traumatic or a life altering decision for them to be like, hey, I need to get my act together. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it from that point of view. So I guess, well, I guess more experiences lead to more maturity sometimes. I don't know. Because I was going to say, well, I was going to say that's the case. But then sometimes you have more experiences and you don't actually apply the knowledge that you've gained. So I don't even know if I can say that. You know, I just, I guess it just varies Mm -hmm. by individual. Yes. Yes, I would say that. It's just like different life experiences make their people differently. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Well, Maurice, I really appreciate you taking out the time to chat with me tonight. I have really enjoyed our conversation and I hope that um, the listeners benefit and they gain a lot from this. Do you have any final things that you would like to say? Any words of encouragement or just, you know, anything uh, in general? Um, I guess uh being um my platform really is like being a being a single dad in fitness um and you have to make time for yourself um which is very hard but you got to find a way to make time for yourself to just relax and do something that you love and give back to yourself because take you're always going to be taking care of your kids and taking care of them so at least you have to make some time to take care of yourself whether that's finding yourself a hobby or doing something but you have to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of them yes that's that thing we call self-care so we talk about it a lot (laughs) yes we talk about it a lot some people get mad because and some people get mad about that because then they'll be like well you're being selfish no i'm just taking care of myself right now yeah you have to do that like you said if you don't no one else is gonna do it for you yes definitely all right, so let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Oh, so you can find me on social media at um, M-O underscore Z, the number one, L-L-A. Um, I am a very positive person. I'm always posting things about times with my kids or I'm at the gym. Right now, I'm on a 90-day um, fitness challenge, so if you have any um if you want to make a change in your life, fitness-wise or anything, um, I don't mind. Just shoot me a message, and then maybe I can help you out, and we can both be healthy together. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Maurice definitely dropped some tips that will help both moms and dads, so I really appreciate him taking out the time to come on and chat. Now, If you guys found this episode helpful, please take the time to leave a review if you are listening in Apple Podcasts. It really helps other single moms to find the podcast um, the more reviews we have. So I really appreciate that. And then if you are listening in SoundCloud, you can totally just leave a comment or just feel free to DM me as you guys always do. I always appreciate those. And if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood and Facebook at Single Black Motherhood as well. If you want to check out the website, you can visit singleblackmotherhood.com. 
I have some blog posts on there. And then I also recently added my bookshelf. So I'm working to get the books that I have read um, while on my single motherhood journey because I often get questions about what I'm reading. So I felt like the best way for me to share that information with you guys would be to put it all in one place. So now I have a little virtual bookshelf, which I'm excited about. I took out the time to um, link them to Amazon. So definitely go over and check that out. And don't forget about the survey. I appreciate you guys' feedback as well on that. And I really appreciate you guys listening as always. Until the next episode, talk to you guys later. Bye.